Hey everybody, Art here. Just a heads up, today's episode contains a handful of audio glitches. You'll hear them right at the start of the episode, but they do go away and, you know, then they kind of come back a little later. Uh, We tried our best to fix them, but it wasn't possible to totally remove all the glitches, so we didn't want to throw away this entire episode when most of it is honestly usable. Either way, we apologize for the inconvenience and the poor quality of the audio in this episode. Obviously, Mr. Bunker thinks someone is trying to sabotage his podcast, but Andy and I just think that's a wild conspiracy theory. Anyway, sorry again. Enjoy the show. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as... Mr. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the The whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you... Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Hey, Bunk Funkers, what's up? Welcome to the Bunker Dome. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, Andy, you're, uh... Hey, ah. your head is spinning around. Whew. I have got it all happening upstairs, you know what I mean? There's a lot of things going on. Yeah, you're thinking a lot? I'm thinking the wheels are turning. The wheels keep on turning, huh? Yeah. And uh, that has nothing to do with uh, any any other, anything else possessing you. No, no, no. This is of my own volition. That's right. Okay. I want to be this way. You want to be the way you are. Yeah. I like being me. <laughs> are you sure about that? I have to keep saying it. Or it'll never become true. That's right. Uh, but Andy, today's topic, well, it didn't go that way. Oh. Don't you think? Um, yeah, it didn't go that way. Uh, and this is actually a first for the bunker. This is the first time we've ever covered an exorcism. That's true. Uh, today, dear bunk bunkers, we're covering the exorcism of Annalise Michelle. Mm-hmm. This, was the, uh, this was the case... That inspired the film The Exorcism of Emily Rose, mm-hmm. a scary, I guess, horror movie. I yeah, guess, I guess horror. That. Yeah. horror movie that many of you may have seen. But the real life case is horrific in a different way. Um, young Annalise had a rough, had a rough later half of her life, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, that's probably putting it mildly. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna not even necessarily later half, like later decade. Just yeah, true. She had a few bad years. Uh, we're gonna cover all of it. Yeah, uh, and the aftermath. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Aftermath. There was a pretty extensive uh trial in the German courts about uh, her uh, 
her treatment. And uh, I think you're going to find this one interesting, Bunk Funkers. This is an interesting. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah. Blah, blah. Oof. Blah. Oof. Maybe I. Oof. Oh. Oh, Maybe I'm speaking in black tongues. bile coming out of your mouth. Sorry, that was just all the liquid licorice I was eating. Oh, I like okay. to melt down licorice yeah. into a paste and drink it. Drink it, yeah, that makes sense. Delicious. Sounds great. Listeners, if you want to melt down this episode into just the research so that you don't have to hear Andy and I talk, <gasps> you can look in the show notes and find the timestamp to skip right ahead to the... Uh, to when the research begins. Yeah. So you don't have to listen to Andy and I talk about the intro, which has nothing to do with the topic. You can exercise the intro. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Expel it from your ears. Yeah, and go straight to heaven, the so research. So go ahead, check out the show notes, because first, Andy and I are going to talk about how Mr. Bunker abducted us this week. And Andy, we are in the middle of it. The whole world is coronavirus if you haven't heard of it you're probably living under a rock which is the safest place to be right now maybe maybe uh but andy you know the this whole coronavirus thing um does have some positives yeah with all this coronavirus stuff and the social distancing that we're all supposed mm-hmm, to be practicing right. i am having the time of my life right you're built for this. No one is better at social distancing than me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've been doing it my whole life. That's true. And because of it, the local parks have been empty, Andy. Yeah. It's been great. I've decided to enjoy them like I used to when I was a wee boy. Yeah. So there I am. I'm going to my local park. It's completely empty, Andy. I'm doing all the stuff I love to do as a kid. I'm going down the slide. There's no lines. Yeah. You know, Tommy Tomlinson isn't there. He's not going to push me off the slide like he used to or our old uh, old Sarah Sanderson. Tommy you Tomlinson know? and oh, Sarah Sanderson. Oh, man. She's not there to cut in front of you in the yeah. slide line. You grew up with so many alliterative names. Well, you know how it is. Yeah. I'm climbing on top of the monkey bars. Yeah. I'm swinging on the swings. Yeah. Andy, I'm even being a little naughty, and I'm throwing the swing seat up over the railing it's attached to. Oh, okay. They don't like it when you do that, but it was fun to do. I thought that was about to take a turn. What? I thought that was about to take a turn. I thought maybe you were masturbating at the park. No, Andy, I didn't do that when I was a wee boy, regardless of what I do as an adult. Oh, okay. Thank you for clarifying. Anyway, I'm there having the time of my life. Sure. Bunker approaches me. Whoa. Bunker approaches I'm trying to remind him, hey, social distancing. Yeah. But it's too late. I fell into his trap. Literally, I fell into a giant pit that he dug. Oh, God. Next thing I know, Bunker welded me into a jungle gym. Welded you? What? You're like a piece of the jungle gym? He welds me together in a weird contraption. I am a jungle gym. Whoa. A jungle art, if you will. Yikes. That'd be hot. 
Then he releases a horde of school children who are climbing all over me. Oh no. They're kicking me, screaming, and fucking hurts and it's gross. Oh no. You know school children are with their gross cheeto finger fingers and their boogers and their snot. Sure. Spit. And then they're fucking God knows what else. Paste. Yeah. Sticky paste. Yeah. It's gross, Danny. I'm a jungle gym. Yeah, that's gross. Then later, some angsty teens are chilling, sure. vaping near me. Right. Not cool. Yeah. But if you're listening, Tyler, I think you should tell Becky how you feel. And you should ask her if she'll go to the prom with you. Don't be afraid of rejection. Just because she's the captain of the cheer squad and you're a skater boy burnout. Fucking shoot your shot, my dude. Sorry, Tyler, but you're probably going to get screwed on this one because prom is probably canceled because of coronavirus. So, Well, either way. Invite her to E-Prom. Yeah, E-Prom. Tell Becky how you feel. I think she might have a crush on you, too. Mm-hmm. You never she know. She has to partner up with you in fifth period math class, Tyler. Okay, she wouldn't do... She could have cheered... She could have partnered up with... Uh, fucking... Uh, Joey... Joey Fatone, the captain of the fucking football team. <laughs> no relation. No Joey relation. Fatone. No relation. Yeah. He's a quarterback. Right. Could have partnered up with him. Yeah. She could have partnered up with her friend, Veronica. <laughs> but Becky chose to partner up with you. I think she might have a crush on you too, Tyler. So that's yeah. all I'm saying. If you're listening. And if you need further guidance, talk to your friend Archie. I'm just a jughead. What do I know? Be- Becky and Veronica. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, after Bunker left me out all night, yeah, I got fucking rained on. Ugh, sorry. He returned the next morning and dragged me here. And as you can see, Andy, I'm still welded in some weird positions. Yeah, you look fucked up, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Andy. Did my story bore you to sleep? I'm sorry. I just didn't get much sleep last night. I'm sorry that you got welded into a jungle gym, though. I got welded. Yeah. He contorted my body and welded me. Burned your bones to the point of melting them so that he could contort you. But anyway, Andy, let's hear about how you didn't get enough sleep because of your abduction or whatever. Oh, jeez. I mean, I I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I haven't been getting a lot of sleep uh, lately because, Art, frankly, I've been on a whirlwind. Uh adventure i mean not a lot of people know this about me you probably don't even know this about me but i got a lot of there's a lot of layers to my my personality you're like an onion i have a lot of interests uh and one of those interests is country music um and you know for the last few years i've been uh writing songs and playing guitar wow um going to uh, open mics at uh local bars i didn't know this um as a Performing country music, uh, my own uh, country music. Um, I've been, uh, I go under a pseudonym. I don't use my my real name. I have a stage name. Of course. Uh, uh, I, so uh, my stage name um, for uh, for country music is uh, uh, Husky Berlin. And uh, I, I, I'm surprised you get sued by Husker Du. Yeah, no, no. Um, but Husky Berlin. Husky Berlin. And. Um, You're all right, boy. You know, I'm... I'm uh, Husky Berlin. Yeah. Here to sing you a little song. Put you to sleep. Okay. Um, So, you know, I've been been getting a little traction, honestly. Wow. Um, You know, I've got a small 
cult following. Um, Spotify? Yeah, I got my Bandcamp, uh, wow. Spotify, um, SoundCloud. Uh-huh. Um, but, um, you know, things really took off uh, a couple of months ago uh, when I got approached after a, a, a gig that I was doing um, by somebody who's uh, a manager in the country music industry. Wow. And um, his name is uh, Bunk Dunkler. And uh, he's just a good old-fashioned country music manager. Um, Sure. You know. Sure he is. You know, I was skeptical at first um, because you want to sign with somebody who's, you know, you want to get a manager who's, like, successful, right? Sure. And uh, Bunk Dunkler doesn't really have any good clients to his name. Um, Yeah, he doesn't have, like, Carrie Underwood or... Brad Paisley. No, no Luke Bryans. No. Or our uh, favorite, Blake Shelton. Blake Shelton, yeah. No. He loves that stuffed crust pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what was the thing he used to say about that stuffed crust pizza? Uh, <laughs> Boy, we used to love that commercial. He used to do this thing he with used his to finger. Point at it. He would point at it from up above oh, the pizza. Oh, boy, we love that commercial. Retract the finger and then extend it. Oh, man. Uh, Blake Shelton. Blake Shelton. Anyway. Uh, Sexiest man alive. Bunk Dunkler. That could be you. Yeah. I mean, I want Blake Shelton's career. I want to write songs for Toby Keith. And Bunk Dunkler, I thought... uh, Did you just fucking make a slight at Toby Keith? No. Is that a known fact? Yeah, that was uh, Blake Shelton's first uh, number one written song was a hit for Toby Keith. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Want to talk about me? Um, I couldn't tell you one fucking song of any of theirs. No, well, sorry, buddy. Yeah, sorry. I mean, I'm into it. I'm <laughs> so deep into the country yeah. music, country music world. Sure. Uh, I'm waist deep. Oh uh, yeah. And all these artists are swimming around at my crotch. Uh, uh-huh. So, you know, Bunk Dunkler though he, you know, he's kind of a hard luck. Uh, you know, he 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 had a few. Artists that didn't pan out, uh, Boxcar Clyde, um, he had Rosetta Stone was one of his acts. Uh, her career never panned out. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ellen. (laughs) (laughs) But as a country music star. Right. Not the comedian. The generous, yeah. Um, so, Bunk Dunkler had a stable of, kind of not impressive, but- sure. I mean, my God, what a sales pitch. Yeah. Bunk tells me, look, your name, you got this, you got the talent. You're like a good car. You got all the engine. Mm -hmm. You're full of gas. We know that. And you're ready to drive. You just need somebody to build a goddamn highway. (laughs) And he's like, this arm's an excavator. (laughs) This arm's a steamroller. (laughs) <laughs> and my dick is full of asphalt. And my God, I just got so swept up in the whole thing. I mean, that's a pitch. Yeah. Life is a highway and he wants to fucking ride he wants you. To ride it all night long. He's going to so, ride you. So I signed up with Bunk Dunkler. And I'm telling you, things- I think you need a fucking new chassis, though. <laughs> yeah. A lot of rust on the underbelly. Uh, so. So, uh, your paint job at least. So, Bunk, uh, Bunk gets me into, uh, I mean, instantly the stuff just starts, things start taking off. Really? He gets me into the studio. Wow. Uh, we record my first album, uh, oh my God. Eaten Alone. 
and he he gets me on uh he gets me on a local um tv show um uh nashville nights live from chicago and you know it really i i don't know looks like he put his money where his mouth is yeah yeah he struck a chord with somebody uh, and the offers just started flying in i mean Next thing I know, I'm getting invited down to to Nashville to uh, record some more songs, getting played on the country music radio. My holy shit! Yeah, the uh, the the CMT, the eponymous single from my uh, Eaten Alone album, goes to number one on the country charts, uh, both in this country and in Australia. <laughs> um, What's the name of it? Eaten Alone. No, the song. It's Eaten Alone. Oh, okay. Eaten Alone from my Eaten Alone album. Uh. It's eponymous. It's eponymous. Yeah. That's what it means. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, eating alone. I knew that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, things started to take off. I mean, next thing I know, like I, the album's gone gold. It's gone platinum. Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I, uh, I did a show at the. Uh, uh, I did a show at Madison Square Garden. Holy shit, Advanced Andy! Tickets sold out in. 28 seconds uh wow online and um yeah things were going really well for me um and then you know we're going you know the life when you're a star you gotta you gotta be everywhere all at once right everybody wants you yep so one night uh we're leaving uh a show in uh in uh in dubuque iowa and uh sell out the corn palace um and i hop on uh one of these like small planes gonna make a transfer a cessna yeah gonna fly in real real fast to kansas city catch a commercial flight yeah and uh we're up in the air um you know suddenly there's some turbulence Uh oh and you know musicians in airplanes yeah they get scared on them yeah, and I'm no different. I'm terrified. Right. I'm sitting there with my seatbelt on, and I'm clutching my guitar, uh, Edith, and well, much like Willie Nelson's trigger. Yeah, Edith got Edith. Yeah, and uh, next thing I know, the plane starts to starts to crash. Wow, we're losing altitude fast, and Bunk Dunkler jumps up from the seat, and he says. This plane ain't going down without a fight. And he rips off his shirt. Oh, my God. And he's barrel-chested. Jesus. And he's so buff. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. And he goes up, and he just beats the shit out of the pilot. And he just starts wailing on him. He's punching him. He grabs the pilot. He tosses him to the back of the plane. The pilot is unconscious. Oh, my God. Bump Dunkler jumps in the front. He straps in to the cockpit. And he... Grabs that gear shift or whatever the hell you fly an airplane with. And he peels us off of the ground. Wow. Puts it down in the middle of a field. And he goes, Husky, let's get the fuck out of here. And he kicks open the side of the plane. Not even at the door, just the side of the plane. Kicks it open. And he carries me out into the night. And then we come back right here to the bunk. Ah! Bunkler was just Mr. Bunker. Oh, oh my God. God. How did I see that coming? I don't know. I 
called him Mr. Dumbler a few times. Was all that real? I don't know. I don't know. know. You'll have to check it out on Wikipedia and see if anybody remembers Husky Berlin. Husky Berlin! And and Eaton Alone. Eaton Alone. You're like Garth Brooks. Yeah. That one Except I was staying inside the fire. I don't get that reference. Never heard a Garth Brooks song. Uh, wow, Andy. I have friends in low places. You, uh... I mean, you crushed country music. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. How does it feel to go from selling out Madison Square Garden to sitting in a bunker alone with me recording a podcast? I mean, I'm sort of attuned to disappointment in my life, so I never really expected it to last. And this feels right. So do you think you're going to go back? To Madison Square Garden? No, to Husky Berlin. And uh, now that the cat's out of the bag, so to speak. Um. No, I think a big part of Husky Berlin's success was uh was his 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 myster his mystery, sure. his mysterious persona. Um almost like the reverse Chris Gaines. Like in my real life I'm Garth Brooks and Husky Berlin is Chris Gaines. Except popular. Sure. I don't know who either of those people are. <laughs> But I know who Garth Brooks is. I don't know yeah. who Chris Gaines is. Um, Andy, that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I guess congrats on your success. You have platinum albums. Well, I can't go back now. Yeah. I guess Husky Berlin's dead. Yeah. He died in that plane. Died in that plane. In some ways. Yeah. Well, they'll make a documentary about Husky Berlin someday, I'm sure. Yeah. Country music star who disappeared all too soon. Well... We're not going anywhere, are we, Andy? We're not disappearing anytime soon. <laughs> no, we can't leave. Because uh, we've got some research to uh, tell the listeners about. Uh, that's true, Art. we got to talk about the exorcism of Annalise Michelle. That's right. And, uh, well, you know what, Andy? Let's exercise some uh, some, speedience, some speediency. Let's exercise some haste. Okay. Let's exercise some haste. Okay. And get to it. Hop to it. Uh, right here, right now, on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Today, dear Bunk Funkers, we are going to exercise some demons. Art, I got my foam roller. My gym chalk, my sidewalk chalk, my caulk, some resistance bands, my dumbbells, my smart bells, my intelligent enough to get by in class but kind of lost when it comes to more difficult problem-solving bells, and my lifting gloves, all ready to exercise these demons. Oh, Woo! Andy. Let's get sweaty. You sweet, simple, foolish, dumb little boy. Truly, you are the Lenny of Mr. Bunker lore. I mean, I would love to see some fit, hot little demons sweating it up in my Tybo class, but no. We're not exercising these demons, Andy. We're exorcising them. Oh. Exorcising demons is mm. a religious ritual ritual in which one attempts to expel a demon from its possession. Today's particular case, Annalise Michelle, is one of the most famous cases of demonic possession on record. Annalise Michelle was born on September 21st, 1952 in 
Liebfig. What do you think that is, huh? Yeah, I think. Liebfing. 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 Bavaria, yeah. West Germany, to Joseph and Anna Michelle. Annalise's family, much like your adorable co-host Art, was devoutly Catholic. No, like super Catholic. Like the family went to mass twice a week Catholic. No, I mean like advanced Catholic, okay? Three of her aunts were nuns, and her dad had been studying to become a priest before he met his wife and had a family. But much like your sexy co-host Andy, the family harbored an ugly secret. (laughs) Four years before Annalise was born, her mother Anna gave birth to an illegitimate child out of wedlock (gasps) for a family so devoutly Catholic. You can imagine what a massive stain of shame this was. Stain of shame, consequently, is what a lot of people refer to Andy and I. Yeah. We're together. (laughs) Yeah. Check check out our alt-rock album, Stain of Shame. (laughs) It's been a while. Uh, Her mother then met and married Annalise's father, and Annalise was born. But four years later, when Annalise was four, her older sister, the one born out of wedlock, died of kidney trouble. Annalise always reportedly felt like she needed to repent for her mother's sin and perform constant penance to atone for it. But even with that stain of disappointment, much like Art and I were to our families, were slash are to our families, life went on. Annalise was raised in religion. But in high school, Annalise would have her first bout with her future medical issues. At 16, she started having epileptic seizures. First, she allegedly blacked out at school and began walking around, uh, quote, as if in a trance-like state. Then a similar event occurred a year later. She would also experience sudden convulsions where her body would shake uncontrollably. A doctor diagnosed her with temporal lobe epilepsy, a disorder that causes seizures, loss of memory, and experiencing visual and auditory hallucinations. After her diagnosis, Annalise began taking medication for her epilepsy. Despite these issues, Annalise graduated high school and enrolled in the University of Würzburg in 1973, where she was studying to become a teacher. But even with her new medication, Annalise's condition worsened. She began seeing disturbing visions while saying her prayers. Later, evil voices giving her commands followed. And finally, Annalise began showing an inversion to religious iconography. She was unable to look at sacred religious iconography such as a crucifix or uh, portraits of saints. When she heard demons telling her that she was damned and would rot in hell while she was praying, she concluded that the devil must be possessing her. These symptoms continued despite her beginning to stay uh, her beginning to stay in psychiatric hospitals. Long-term treatment did not help either, and she grew increasingly frustrated with the medical intervention. She began taking pharmacological drugs for five years, but her condition did not get better. To help brighten Annalise's spirits and potentially expel this devil in her head, Annalise went on a religious pilgrimage to San Damiano, Italy, with a friend. The friend noticed how much worse Annalise had gotten. She smelled hellishly bad, no pun intended, allegedly like burnt feces. The friend also noticed her aversion to Christian iconography. Annalise wouldn't approach a holy shrine at the San Damiano site and cautiously circled around it. She averted her gaze from depictions of Jesus Christ and various saints. Thus, this family friend concluded that Annalise may be possessed by a demon. This was the straw that broke the camel's back. The Michelle family, tired of the failing psychiatric drugs, unable to help their daughter, 
turned to what they knew best, Catholicism. The Michels sought out a priest who would conduct an exorcism, but all the priests they approached said they should go seek medical help. Besides, exorcisms were rare and needed the approval of a Catholic bishop. In the meantime, Annalise's condition worsened further. Now believing she was fully possessed, she would rip the clothes off her body. She compulsively performed up to 400 squats a day. This is a fit little possessed girl. (laughs) 400 squats a day. My God. That's a lot of squats. In one instance, she crawled under a table and barked like a dog for two days. She also ate spiders and coal, bit the head off of a dead bird, and licked her own urine from the floor. Eventually, the family found a priest who was willing to accept the demonic possession. Ernst Alt, who uh, later stated in hindsight, quote, she didn't look like an epileptic to him. Uh, Alt petitioned the local bishop, Bishop Joseph Stengel, who uh, eventually approved the request and granted a local priest, Arnold Renz, permission to perform an exorcism, but ordered that it be carried out in total secret, something the Catholic Church has never done ever in their history, and they're totally not familiar with that tactic. <laughs> yeah, the only difference is that Annalise was an adult. Yeah, She'd reached the age of majority. Over the next 10 months, from 1975 to 76, Following the bishop's approval of Annalise's exorcism, Alton Renz conducted 67 exorcisms, lasting up to four hours, sometimes each, on Annalise. Through these sessions, Annalise revealed that she believed she was possessed by five demons. Lucifer, Cain, from the uh, famous Cain and Abel story in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Judas Iscariot, the famous betrayer of Jesus Christ. Adolf Hitler, the famous dictator and Nazi of Germany, uh, who would have just been recently deceased and given that time. Well, no, no, like 20 years, right? This is, no, this is 75, 30 years. Yeah, 30 years. And Nero, the uh, famous uh, Roman emperor who I believe appointed a horse. Is he the one who appointed a horse or was he something else? I don't remember. I know that Nero was pretty crazy, right? Uh, yeah, Nero, Nero is famous. You know, there's that saying that like Nero fiddled all Rome was being burned. Right. Uh, so, also, I think what it was like lots of uh, lots of murder in his court. I think. Sure. You're telling me. <laughs> anyway, these demons would all talk in the first person and argue with each other through Annalise's body. Sometimes, the seriously ill Annalise would perform hundreds of genuflections during these rituals. For those not familiar with the Catholic faith, a genuflection is bending down on one knee as a sign of respect. Hey, it's part of the many little neat dance moves you gotta go do at an 18-hour Catholic Mass, you know? You do a little knee bend in, you throw a couple crosses over yourself, you spin, you shake hands during the peace be with you shit, you know? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I know those dances, yeah. Lots of moves. Well, poor Annalise lacked the strength to do these moves on her own art. Her parents held her up for them when she became too weak to do it herself. Allegedly, she broke the bones and ripped the tendons in her knees from continually kneeling in prayer. Annalise would frequently talk about dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day and the apostate priests of the modern church. Her mental state and physical state deteriorated rapidly. She had open sores all over her body. She scratched herself and bled. Her mouth and nose were raw, her eyes deeply bruised, her hair shredded. She was unbathed and stank horribly. She urinated on the floor and would lick it up. 
I'm really into this urine licking thing. I've brought it up a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whenever the priests uh, talked to her, she just growled back at the at them, tormenting the priests. Priests recorded many of these exorcisms over the ten months they performed them on Annalise. Um, we're gonna actually play a small segment for you now. Now, bunk funkers, this audio can be disturbing, and listener discretion is advised. The audio clip will be about one minute long. So if you would like to skip hearing the exorcisms, please skip ahead 60 seconds in three, two, one. At this point, Annalise refused to eat and drink and became a scrawny, wild creature in her own home. Uh, her own family was allegedly afraid of her. Photos, which you can see in the research of her, show how thin and small she became, like, like a feral animal locked in a cage. They're truly disturbing. Annalise Michelle died of dehydration and malnutrition on July 1st, 1976. The 23-year-old woman weighed 68 pounds at the time of her death. After her death, police conducted an investigation, and the state prosecutor maintained that Michelle's death could have been prevented even one week before she died. The state charged Michelle's parents with the and the priests uh, Ernest Alt and Arnold Renz with negligent homicide. During the case, Michelle's body was exhumed and the recordings of all the exorcisms were played in court. The parents were defended by Eric Schmidt-Leitner and their lawyers were sponsored by the church. The state, prosecu- the state prosecutors recommended that no involved parties be served any jail time. Instead, they recommended a sentence for the priest was a fine, while the prosecution concluded that the parents should be exempt from punishment as they had, quote, suffered enough which is actually a criterion in German penal law. Hmm. Now, I'm familiar with German penal porn, but not penal law. Is that hot? Penal law? Hmm. I'll have to check that out. I mean, once I get done masturbating to German penal porn, there's a lot to get through. Anywho, the trial started on March 30th, 1978. In the district court and drew intense interest. Sort of like the interest I draw to German penal porn. <laughs> oh my God. The trial was the first of its kind in modern German history and raised troubling questions for the church and churchgoers. The exorcism case had special meaning in Bavaria, the largest and southernmost state in Germany, in which 70% of the almost 11 million residents are Catholic. At the trial, doctors testified that Annalise was not possessed. They stated that this was a psychological effect because of her strict religious upbringing and her epilepsy. 
However, the defense brought up that a doctor named Richard Roth, who was called upon for medical help by Father Alt, allegedly told Annalise during the exorcism that, quote, there is no injection against the devil, Annalise. Uh, Schmidt Leitner, the defense attorney, said that the exorcism was legal and that the German constitution protected citizens in the unrestricted exercise of their religious beliefs. The defense used the recorded exorcism tapes as evidence of, quote, demons arguing to assert the claim that Annalise was indeed possessed. Both priests said the demons identified themselves as Lucifer, Cain, Judas Iscariot, Belial, Legion, and Nero, among others. Uh, They further said that she was finally freed because of the exorcism just before her death. But hey, what about the bishop who okayed this entire thing? Well, he said that he was not aware of her alarming health condition when he approved of the exorcism and did not testify. Ding, 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 ding. In the end, priests Alt and Renz were found guilty of manslaughter uh, resulting from negligence and were sentenced to six months in jail, which was later suspended, and three years of probation. This was honestly a lighter sentence than many anticipated, but it was more than what was requested by the prosecution. They asked that the priests only be fined and that the parents be found guilty but not punished. Goddamn, that judge was not having it. (laughs) In the aftermath, the parents exhumed their daughter's body and upgraded her coffin to a much nicer one because they had to hastily bury her during the trial. Annalise's gravesite has actually become a place of pilgrimage for many devoutly religious people. Three films, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which actually focuses on both the court case and the exorcism, a film called Requiem, and the film called Annalise, The Exorcist Tapes, are loosely based on Michelle's story. In fact, the very popular film The Exorcist debuted in theaters just as Annalise was entering her final years of life. Exorcisms and demonic possessions joined the ranks of zombies, werewolves, aliens, and more in the pantheon of the world's favorite horror features. However, the number of officially sanctioned exorcisms decreased in Germany due to this case, in spite of Pope Benedict's the 17th? 16th. 16th? Uh, <laughs> support for wider use of it compared to John Pope John Paul II, who in 1999 actually made the rules stricter, involving only the most rare cases. This was the first time these rules on exorcisms had been reviewed since the 17th century. Since her death, various psychiatrists and other people have speculated that she might have had dissociative identity disorder, commonly known as multiple personality disorder. Some doctors have suggested that many of Michelle's symptoms are (laughs) Michelle. Like Michelle. I don't know. Made me laugh. What? Nothing. Some... (laughs) Just for me. Some doctors have suggested that many of Michelle's symptoms are consistent with and suggestive of dissociative disorders, and Annalise's symptoms may uh, have also been compared with those of schizophrenia. Well, obviously in the eyes of the German courts, poor Annalise was a victim of parental abandonment. But what about in the court of the bunkfunkers? Was Annalise actually possessed by, as some believe, were the courts right in punishing the parents and the priests? Do films about exorcisms make light of a horrible situation for entertainment? All we can say is this. There's a demon that lurks within us all. And it's ravenous for the whole enchilada.
welcome back, motherfuckers. Hey, motherfuckers. Uh, that was our research of the exorcism of Annalise and Michelle. Sonic the Hedgehog. So many memes. Um, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? Wow, Art. Huh? This case kind of a downer. <laughs> yeah. So many exorcism stories are just uplifting and beautiful. <laughs> well, I mean, when Bunker first approached in talking about this one, it was kind of like, well, I thought there would be a little bit more to it, but it's really just like. Yeah, they uh, they let a woman starve to death. Yep, and then that's what happened. Yep, <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's the story. It's disturbing. There's some disturbing stuff now. Yeah, for sure. But here's the thing. I want to. Here's the thing, though. Uh, multiple of the stories note this thing that she did is demonic, right? There's this demonic thing she did where she hid under a table for two days and barked like a dog, right? I understand that her parents are overwhelmed mm -hmm. and probably scared. But who is leaving her alone for two days under a table? Yeah, right. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, and we don't know, like, did they maybe check up on it? But like, it says they left her alone for two days under a table where right. she barked like a dog. Right. Who is leaving their child alone under a fucking table? Yeah. I mean, clearly, you know, clearly these... These parents did not handle this well. I don't think so. I mean, like, by any stretch, they did not do a very good job. Yeah. Here as parents. Right. I mean, that's... That's sort of... I don't know. That's sort of like this whole thing in a microcosm, right? Like, she has she has a problem. Yeah. She's exhibiting these strange, like, symptoms of a problem. And their response is to, like... Um, well, I mean, I get it. It's, it's like what it's like when it first probably started happening was probably in the early late sixties, early seventies. Right. Ish. And, um, the psychiatric drugs weren't working. Nothing was working. She was in and out of psychiatric hospitals. None of this shit was working. So I get it. They're frustrated. Nothing is working. You know, this kind of, this feels a little bit like our big pharma episode. Yeah, Where sure. it's like, this is why people turn to stuff like goop, because, you know, stuff isn't working. Right, right. Uh, or it doesn't work fast. Right. Because science doesn't work that way, right? Science right. always works on a spectrum. It doesn't really, or doesn't work in like uh, platitudes or whatever, right? Like, Right. I mean, it's not like you take a you take a drug and then instantly you're better. Right. So I get it. They're frustrated, so they turn to... Demon possession. Right. 
which, you know, she had in her head already because it's like, she's like, oh, I must be possessed by a demon. And then like her family friend goes, you're probably possessed by a demon. Yeah. It's it's kind of like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy though, right? right like right. they're devoutly Catholic. So she grows up in this environment. I mean, they're very Catholic. Right, right. And so they're then, like super Catholic. Right. And this would have been she would have been born before Vatican II, right? You know what you know what I'm talking about? I don't remember when Vatican II was, but maybe. Because what? She would have been born in, when was her birthday? 1952. No, Vatican II was in 1959. So the first seven years of her life was uh, Catholic masses held in Latin. Yeah. All the, I don't even know how much other shit that Vatican II changed, but. (laughs) It was a lot of stuff, right? A lot of stuff. I mean, the Catholic religion was very different. Yeah. Like became much more user friendly, right? After Vatican II, yeah. Before Vatican II, these were your hardcore Catholics. Yes, like that's probably why they're going to mass twice a day and all this shit, right? I mean, Catholicism still already has the whole like you're gonna burn in hell guilt thing, but I can only imagine it was even worse back then. Yeah. Um. Uh. What else? So. You know, yeah, the first seven years of her life, she's getting this uh, hardcore Catholicism sort of thing. And it's like, they're going to mass twice a week. Her whole family's involved in it. It's like she knows all the stories. Yeah. A lot of these stories can be scary. Yeah. Old Testament stories are scary. Yeah. When you're a child. God was like a, uh, he was a vindictive, vengeful dude. There's a lot of, uh, though, there's a lot of stuff, I mean, peppered throughout the Bible that's kind of scary. I mean, you know, she says she's Legion. Uh, that's, of course, the... She's, of course, part of the hacker group Anonymous. Right. We are Legion. <laughs> Wasn't, is or it, she's a Chaos Space Marine. Am I right in saying that Legion is the demon that possessed uh, that guy and that Jesus cured him of the demon by exercising it and then all the demons went into a... Uh, Party? A, a herd, Hot tub. A herd of hogs. Oh. And then the hogs ran off of a cliff. I always think about that a lot. I was like, Jesus wasn't very kind to that farmer. That was probably like his biggest asset by a mile. That her of course hogs you think about that. Drove all those hogs into the ravine. <laughs> Demonic possession. Could have eaten those hogs. <laughs> that poor farmer. Well, people might not have been eating them back then. Just some crazy guy up in the mountains around his pigs. Just hanging out with his pigs. Just having a good time. Um, so, I mean, there's stories and that's in the New Testament. That's yeah. not an Old Testament story. Sure. Uh, but I mean, when you compare them. Yeah, it's there's more. In the, the Old Testament is much yeah. more like a rule book, whereas the New Testament is much more like Jesus walking around having wild adventures with his bros. And then a bunch of letters about what you're supposed to do. Right. Right. A bunch of letters that some hippies from, wrote in jail. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's what they were. Yeah, basically. I remember I had a, uh, I had a very religiously conservative roommate in college and I used to say stuff like well you know Jesus was a hippie yeah and that kind of stuff would uh trigger him oh he yeah <laughs> I used to have fun trolling him with stuff like that yeah he didn't like hippies I think it's just the idea that I was like defaming Jesus in some way <laughs> even though yeah. a lot of what Jesus preached is very like hippie-esque like 
love and stuff like that. You know, yeah. like when you think of the classic hippie archetype, it's free love, man. We're all one, you know, and it's like, that's what Jesus was talking about. Yeah. Jesus was friends with all the losers. Yeah. The people nobody liked. He would have been friends with us. <laughs> people don't like us. Yeah, maybe. He's friends with tax collectors. He was friends with uh, sick people. Yeah. Who else was in his party? Prostitutes. Prosties. I mean, hell yeah, dude. We're joining that posse. Yeah. That sounds like a fun fucking pars- posse. Yeah. He loved flipping tables. I love flipping tables. Flipping tables. He's got fucking tax collectors and prostitutes. Like, oh, yeah. That's a cool group. He was rolling deep pockets, dude. Yeah. Unlimited breadsticks and fish. <laughs> Unlimited breadsticks. Yeah. He's a friggin' walking olive garden. You're not going to hang out with that guy? Yeah, unlimited fish. <laughs> Some guy comes up to you and says, hey, I'm hanging out. I got prostitutes. I got tax. I got CPAs. And I got breadsticks. You're not going to go see what's up with that guy? Yeah. He's like, he's like, <clears throat> I'm spotting out. I'm, I'm looking for locations for my church. You want to go on a tour of Italy with me? <laughs> Free breadsticks. Free breadsticks. <laughs> and fish. Yeah. But anyway, all the water is wine. We're going to go hang out in the desert. 40 days and 40 nights, baby. The original Burning Man. Get tempted by a snake man. Talking snake boy. Um, I don't know. You know, how much blame do you put on the parents? I guess it's different for you. You are a parent. I wonder if your mindset changes. I know that in college I had a We've probably brought this up before, but in college I had a uh, professor in my abnormal psychology course. Mm -hmm. She mentioned that previously when she was working as like a psychologist or like whatever, she didn't have a problem, you know, uh, with like pedophiles. Not not that like she thought they were fine, but like working, (laughs) working with them or like trying to rehabilitate them and like studying why they do the shit they do. But Mm -hmm. after she became a parent, she was like, I can't, I couldn't, Mm -hmm. I couldn't do that stuff anymore. Like, you know, that part of abnormal psychology, I just cannot go anywhere near because it just affects me different now. Yeah. What do you think about these parents? Huh? Um, I mean, you hate religion. I don't know that you feel religion is the opiate of the masses. You have a neck beard, you have a fedora. I have a katana. You have a large katana. And you have a waifu pillow. Wow, you studied religion. I studied the demon. He's got the demon. He has the demon. Now that the barbarians are at the gate, you come looking for my help. Oh my god, you're a simp, dude. You're teaching me all your thoughts on Twitch. Thinking they're going to mod you and diss you. You're a nice guy, dude. Yeah. You probably, you probably post on, on Facebook, Facebook like, oh, my fair I would never hurt thou thus's way. You need to get with a nice guy like me if, if, if that's what you were into. And she just posts back, like, ah, okay, thanks. And you just go, well, I didn't want you anyway, you dumb bitch. She says, she says, I have a boyfriend, actually. And I say, fine, bitch. Suck up. Yeah, that's what you say. Um, but anyway, I think these are bad parents. It's fair. Um, the German court agrees. Yeah, I feel in the right in saying that. 
Uh, I mean, to me, it's like, I mean, I get it. The times were different and all this stuff. There's more awareness about mental health conditions today than there would have been at the time. But I question their thought process on this. Um, you know, I mean, we know now, obviously, that, you know, when you're dealing with, like, pharmacological drugs and the treatment of mental illness, that it's a it's a balance, yeah. right, that has to be struck. And there's a lot of different factors that go into it. If she didn't get relief, uh, because these things can be hard to treat, right? Yeah. Like, if you're having auditory hallucinations, like, that messes you up. And that could be hard to treat. Um, the thing is, if it wasn't working right away, rather than just giving up and going straight to the exorcism route, because exorcism didn't work either. They did 67 of them. Right. Well, they say that right before she died, their defense is that she, yeah. Yeah, of course. Felt relief. Yeah, of course. They can say that, that she, now that she's dead, who's going to argue with them? I mean, there's nobody to say, no, I don't feel any relief. <laughs> um, it's just like, that didn't work either, you know? Yeah, I mean, 67? That seems like a lot. I don't know. Over the, the course of 10 months? I don't know the stats on exorcisms, but that feels like a lot. Andy, it's not just a lot. It's a very, it's, it's a lot. I mean, that's <laughs> almost seven a month. For four hours. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's. To me, it's like, but the, I think that I think that justice was dispensed properly. I feel like the priests were negligent. Uh, you know, the fact that they had to find a priest who wasn't willing to say no, you should seek medical treatment hey, for this. I mean, that's a you know, you know, like the fact that they had to like tr- no, go get medical help. <laughs> right, those were good priests. Yeah, those are good priests. Uh, Alton Renz. I mean, I don't know. It's fine if they, it's fine if you believe that, right? And it's fine if you say, let's do this in conjunction with medical treatment. Yeah. But if you're willing to jump all like in the deep end of that pool and say, no, we can fix this with just exorcisms. That's like faith healing. Yeah. Which is fucked up. It better work. And it didn't work. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even appear that there was any kind of a placebo effect of this because, well, it's just so malnourished. Like, right. at, at the very least, they could have like put her in a hospital and let her like get some fluids. Right. Yeah. At least have like I mean, some sort of a sixty-eight drip. pounds. Think about how small that is. Yeah, that's that's the size of a child. Yeah, like that's not an adult person. That's a child. This is a twenty-three-year-old woman who weighed sixty-eight pounds. Right. This is an extremely unhealthy person. Yeah. I mean, I think I think everybody was negligent. You know, I think that her parents were just as negligent as the priests. I mean, I think I don't think I'm not going to say that they came from a bad place with it, that they intended for this to be the outcome, obviously. But I mean, just because you don't know what to do doesn't mean that you do something that doesn't help. I don't know. I don't put as much blame on them as I do the other people because it's I can see it being very hard to step away yeah I'll agree with that as like a parent and you expect you, the you, priest to be a check on your right. your own mental state especially about what's happening. people who are so devoutly Catholic right they probably hold these priests to a higher standard than the doctors although I gotta go back to it they they kept trying to find a priest who was willing to say no don't worry about the medical treatment yeah. I'll take care of it yeah 
And also the Catholic bishop. <laughs> yeah, the bishop. The bishop. But I mean, if he doesn't know anything, but still, it's like we're. It's obviously there is some. Yeah, who knows what the the conversation with the bishop has to be like? Maybe he talks to the priest and he says, "Well, have you examined this uh, young person before?" And he's, "Oh yeah, they're definitely possessed." And he says, "Well, if if you have this in your judgment that this is the route you need to go, then I'm going to say it's okay." Yeah, you know. But I mean, I don't know. these cases are supposed to be super rare, and it's just like, whatever. yeah, yeah. You'd think if you were the bishop and somebody calls you up and is like, "I want to do an exorcism," you should be like, mm, "Okay, we got to look into this." A little more. Well, if I was the bishop, I'd be looking out for the knight coming to take me at at G four. Yeah, yeah. I can only move diagonally. Yeah, you're. Anyway, what do we think about this? Is this is a big part of uh, our friends, handsome Brian Dunning of Skeptoid, the award winning show. Right, beautiful Brian. Is beautiful Brian. Him. Beautiful Brian. Who you know? Hey. If, Brian would ever like to come on Bunker. We'd love to have Brian on Bunker. Yeah, beautiful Brian Bunker. Hashtag Brian on Bunker. Uh, I felt that in his post about this story, Mm -hmm. he was very critical of films like The Exorcist or films like The Exorcism of Emily Rose, Mm -hmm. which is based on this story, that they exploit the very real torture and manslaughter Mm -hmm. of an otherwise innocent and mentally ill person for entertainment now, obviously, Andy, we are amateur comedians, mm-hmm. and that means that our opinion is really important. Right. <laughs> and people really want to hear what comedians have to say about free speech. Right. It is so important. Yeah. That's why there's so many comedians talking about free speech on their podcasts. Right. It's very important. It's an important topic. But what do you think? I have to... I mean, what do you think like those films are like shitty? I have to kind of dunk on Brian here for a minute and say that he fucking sucks on this opinion um, because, you know, I'm not one of these people, Art. I mean, you know this about me, people who know me. You let anything slide. A lot of people will say like, oh, it's too soon. Too soon to make jokes. I don't believe in that. Yeah. I think that... Uh, I think that... Things that are, things are in poor taste sometimes, and they're. I mean, you were in- at nine eleven as it was happening, and you were making fun of the people running away, right? <laughs> right. I was at the base of the towers. But mocking. in fairness, you were also making fun of the planes. That's true. Yeah, I made fun of everybody. I'm an equal opportunity. Uh, you were covered in ash and dirt and other all mm-hmm. the other debris as people were running and. That screaming. was before anything happened. <laughs> Yeah, you were just digging around in a crawl space, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of fun crawl spaces to get into in Manhattan. But, yeah, you're like that. You're like an Anthony Jeselnik. You feel there's no boundaries. Right. And and I think, I know that not everybody has that opinion, and I'm capable of, like, self-censoring if I can act. You're not going to be sense. an asshole about it. You're right. not going to go to a funeral and make fun of the widower or widow or whatever. Right. And, you know, I mean, I've had... People before tell me that like certain times aren't the time for any kind of humor, even if it's not related to what's happening. Yeah. And I don't agree with that uh, yeah, philosophy at all. I think anytime's the right time for humor. I think humor often adds, it's distracting a little bit and it helps us feel better. Um, and I think that films like this, I, I, I guess I see where Brian's coming from, you know, that it's exploitative, but in some sense, I also, I also don't necessarily agree that it's like hurtful. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, I think, I think that there's, 
with this case especially, there's this sense that movies like The Exorcist sort of romanticize exorcism. Yeah, I guess a way, that's maybe in the popular the, consciousness. And that's another argument that he maybe was gesturing towards. You know, makes people feel like, well, maybe my problems are related to be possession by a demon rather than, you know, actual mental illness, which is probably what it is. Um, but at the same time, like, for most people, it's just entertainment, you know, or yeah. it's a creepy situation that they think, you know, makes them feel scared. Yeah. And they kind of like feeling scared. Um, so I don't I don't agree. I don't agree that it's exploitative. Um, you know, I think I think maybe like movies that are based off of this. I mean, I don't know, like it's if this stuff is as long as everybody paid for their went through the proper channels to make these. You know, I think if you're going to make something that's based on somebody else's story, you should at least go through the proper channels to clear the story that you're going to tell based on somebody else's events. But, sure. um, you know, if I made up a story about exorcism, I wouldn't feel like it was exploitative uh, to anybody who's felt like they suffered from demonic possession or went through an exorcism. Well, you made up that story about me. What? The story about you being possessed? Yeah. By uh, the demon that was... Garfield. <laughs> yeah. My different demons. Garfield. Yeah, Garfield. Garfield the cat. Uh, Kirby. Kirby. Uh, both famously dead fictional characters who went to hell and became demons. Uh, and uh, Abraham Lincoln. Yep. Yeah. Those are my three demons, and you made that story about me. Yeah. But I asked you first. Well, I didn't know what I was signing up for. Well, no. You made me look like such a fucking idiot in that movie. I mean, you had me drinking so much piss. I mean, you you set up the room like, and you said like I had come in piss jars all over my room, and then you you put on screen in text. This was not because of the demon, or actually does this in real life. I didn't agree to that. Why do you have so much cum and piss in your room? I don't. <laughs> Oh, oh, right, that's, that's me. me. I'm, I'm the piss freak. freak. Well, look, every, every character in my, you know, know the artist leads into the art, and just because I have jars, jars of cum and piss in my room, sure, maybe, maybe all of my characters have jars of cum and piss. I mean, I just felt like you went, went over, over the top with your depiction of me in your movie. movie. All right, well, I like the possession of art. Possession of art, I'm already Well, I would like to take this moment to publicly apologize to our family for depicting you that way. Finally. You had me, like, instead of doing 400 squats a day, I would masturbate 400 times a day. Yeah, that's ripped from the headlines. Look, yeah, I mean, I know you're more like a four or five time a day, but... Yeah, I had to make it interesting. You have to put those zeros on the end. For what, Hollywood? Yeah. Come on. Nobody wants to see a movie about a guy who masturbates four times a day. Now, 400, that's a movie. Yeah. That's a demon. Yeah. That's a moray. You know, speaking of being possessed by a demon, I'm going to need a little more than drinking piss and talking in character. We do that already, and no one thinks we're possessed. <laughs> yeah, right? We haven't gotten any traction. I'm going to need unexplainable boils and festering wounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to need feats of impossible strength, the ability to lick fire, not be harmed, sulfur. 
Okay. These are all hashtag just demon things. Just demon things. Hashtag just demon things. Um, I'm going to need unexplained uh, beetles crawling under your skin. Ugh. That's fun. I'm going to need you pissing flies. <laughs> or like uh, spiders crawl out of your hair. <laughs> your hair is made of spider webs. Spiders. <laughs> These are demon things, Andy. Don't you agree? Yeah, these are demon things. I mean, biting the head off a dead bird. Ozzy Osbourne bought the head of a fucking live bat. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he also bit the head off of other birds. Yeah, I think so. I think that's accurate. Some dove? He like bit the head off a dove or something, Mm -hmm. I think, too. Uh, You throw a chicken into a crowd of people. Alice Cooper did that. They tore it apart. Yeah. Now, some people... Some devoutly Catholic people might say, demon possession. Whole crowd at the Alice Cooper concerts possessed. But you know what's funny is... That Alice Cooper's devil music. God, you look back at Alice Cooper, and it's like the tamest music in the fucking world. Yeah. It's like music you could play at a wedding. Yeah. School's out for... It's a song about summertime vacation. Yeah. And people are like, oh, God. This vaudeville... This vaudeville man is so evil. I didn't wear an eyeliner. Coming out with a boa. I mean, I get it. It was avant-garde at the time when people didn't accept that. But it's just so funny to look back. Like I, li- like you listen, like mores Pan- have changed. Yeah, Pantera, and then you go listen to like Alice Cooper, and even Pantera right. is like they're singing songs about cowboys from hell. Now there's some demons. There's a good demon, a cowboy from hell. Yeah, but to bring it back. <laughs> I think I agree with you. Yeah, I think that you can't blame. It's like the the age old argument of video games cause violence, which is not true. Right. In fact, I feel like I think most of the time, video games are actually a really strong outlet for violence. Sure. That people can express their violence, their violent thoughts and violent tendencies in in a safe environment, safe environment, and get joy from the video game that helps relax mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Uh, unless you're me playing certain games, in which case you just get really angry and you have to take a little break. Oh, boy. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, I don't get that triggered at certain games. But this one game I do. Called Exanima. Exanima? Yeah, Exanima. It's a physics-based dungeon crawler. So your the mouse movements are the physics of the character, and like how hard, how fast you move the mouse is how hard they'll swing their sword or whatever. And I played it for like an hour and a half, and I literally could not get the hang of the controls, and I got so fucking frustrated. <laughs> I had to turn off my computer, and just leave. That sounds interesting. <laughs> you might like it. Yeah, it's got like a Diablo-style inventory. Remember that where you can just drag shit in there? Yeah. Anyway, uh, if there's any of you still listening. <laughs> no, I agree with you. It's it's it, it feels to me like the, you know, I guess it's also a little bit of, of, here's an example. The movie Pain and Gain that came out, I don't remember how long that came out ago. It was a dark comedy action movie starring The Rock, 
Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Mark Wahlberg, Tony Shalhoub, a few other people. It's a story. It's a story based on a true event that mm-hmm. happened in Miami in like the eighties, I think, where these two idiots who were like bodybuilder guys, um, yeah. they decided that they were going to rob this rich dude who was a client of their gym. Like they were trainers at the gym, and they were going to rob this rich client because he was a weak nerd who was very wealthy. And they were oh, Anthony Mackie's in the movie too, uh, and. Uh, they were weak nerds, or he was a weak nerd, and they were buff bodybuilder dudes. And they're like, well, how? It's easy. We'll just kidnap the motherfucker, have a ransom, and they, like, didn't plan out anything. They're, like, the totally the worst criminals of all time. These guys are such meatheads. Spoiler alert. They end up uh, capturing the guy. Somewhere along the lines, they end up, like, just keeping the guy and, like, torturing him, and they end up killing him chopping him up and like God. yeah and they just, just takes get, a turn yeah they just get deeper and deeper and deeper into it and they fuck up royally and they end up getting like almost no money and it's based on a true story and the guy whose story it was based on um was like really mad about it because he was like you're making light of a really terrible situation that happened to me i got kidnapped by two people and they tortured me like put car batteries on my nipples and shit and I got physically hurt and you're making a movie about it and it's, you didn't do it accurately. Yeah. And you're just making light of a terrible situation. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? He's got a point. Yeah. No, I don't disagree with that. That's why I say like, if you, if you want to make a story, if you want to do a movie or make some other media about a story that already exists, I mean, especially if you're going to make something about where a victim is still alive right. or the victim's family is still alive. Yeah. Like, you should ask and make sure that they're comfortable with you doing this. Right. Like, that's just... Especially if you're going to turn it into a, a comedy starting, <laughs> yeah. starring Mark Wahlberg and The Rock. Right. Well, a comedy, quote unquote. Right, right. Um, yeah. I mean, I and I, I've never seen The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I don't no. know how faithful it is to the actual situation. Um, I know that it was a pretty popular uh, horror movie. I know that it has scenes of both the exorcism and the criminal trial. So I think that it it must pay homage to the actual story in some way. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I think I'm in agreement with you. You know, I think uh, as long as they... I guess it kind of depends, you know, is it, it are movies like the exorcist kind of being like, and the exorcism save the day. Thank you. The exorcist, you know, thanks priests. I don't know if that's, I've never seen the exorcist either, but I don't think that was the message of the movie. Right. But maybe not. I don't know. I don't, I've never seen the exorcist, the exorcist either, actually. Yeah. I mean, you might shocked to hear that. Yeah. And maybe, you know what, maybe we'll get called out by our listeners because we're yeah. trying to talk shit talk on movies that movies we've never we didn't seen. see. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, how good or bad those are. But to me, it's like just as a from a philosophical standpoint. Yeah. Should you not make should you not make um movies about exorcisms because uh there are, have been a lot of people who have claimed to suffer demonic possession and instead have been like suffered negligent abuse at mm-hmm. the hands of people they trusted? I don't think so. 
Like, unless you're going to make a story again about a specific thing and you're going to, you need to make sure that people involved in that are comfortable with it. Well, and it's like, you know, movies always do that shit as a marketing ploy, like based on true events. Yeah. And then it's such bullshit. Yeah. And then it's not based on anything. No. And that's just, that's such a horror trope that they use nowadays because Chainsaw (laughs) Massacre, I think was the first to do that. I think. Yeah, it's that thing of, like, it's based on true events, and it's, like, based on one sentence. Yeah. Like, like it has nothing, and then the rest of And it's, they went to a cabin. Oh, based uh, on true events. Based on true events, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, the loosest connection to reality. So, I mean, but then it's, like, can we not make, I don't know, anything based on anything? It's, like, it's a work of fiction. That's the thing. Could you ever make a war movie? Yeah. Could you ever make a movie about a crime? Right. Could you ever make a movie about human life? Yeah. Because everybody's had someone die. Right. You know, or it's like I'm, I'm talking more like even in the comedy world, it's like can we not have characters in comedies that poke fun at certain? Like, I'm trying to think of like a specific. Uh, I don't. I mean, like. I'm trying to think of like a character that has a specific ailment or something in a comedy. Recently. Oh, I see what you said. There's, there hasn't been a funny comedy movie. Like, could we make could we make a funny character who has cancer? Right. Or are we mocking people with cancer? Right. I mean, I think it depends on how you do it. Right. Yeah. Like, if a, if you have a character who has cancer and that's a thing about them and it's very real and they're all there's also like they have a a functional part. It's, it's like, like but you, you can, can also, also very easily, easily make that a character who's ever this butt cancer. Ooh, my butt has cancer. And that's something that hacks like you. That's fine. That's butt cancer. That's butt cancer, Bob. What are our love characters? It's really great. People love to walk out of the theater when it comes up, which is just every show. It knocks them dead, literally. But you, 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 see, you, you know what I'm saying. Yes. Yes. Like, if, if you, if you, if this is the thing about the character, but you, you could also so easily set it up that if it's just a character that all they do is mock cancer, right? Which then is not good. And I think modern audiences are a little bit more keen to things like that. Like I think if the filmmaker was like, "Oh, I had cancer, and this is my experience, and this is my expression," they're like, "Okay, well, that's fun." And cancer can be funny too. Like I mean, there's I mean. Not like, haha, you have cancer. Well, no, there's plenty of like, cancer. The cancer movie is a movie genre. There is right. cancer movies, right? But you can have moments of levity, and even when you're going through something like that, I mean, it happens. It happens all the time. Like that's part of our experience as human beings. Or how about this? Uh, oh, wait a minute. Uh, you know, what's up? Like, somehow oh, caused a bunch of fucking crime. Ted Bundy? No. That's not it. A person? Or like we, you know. You have a specific person here? Yeah. Or like, uh. Frank, we talked about Frank Abagnale. Okay. From the movie Catch Me If You Can, which is a great movie that we enjoy. Right. Frank Abagnale, the famous, like, Czech fraudster. Right. Who, who. Went to jail and then went to work for the FBI. Or I guess even like maybe like Wolf of Wall Street, if you've seen that movie, which I don't think you have. 
uh, Jordan Belfort. Like these are people who did crime and probably hurt people. Mm-hmm. Like Jordan Belfort was selling like those penny stocks, mm-hmm. you know, and like taking money from people essentially, mm-hmm. allegedly. And, you know, it, or like uh, the big, the big short mm-hmm. it was a comedy movie about the financial crisis of 2008. Right. Now, I guess these are really bad examples because they're just trying to tell the story. <laughs> I don't know. Wolf of Wall Street is kind of like a story that's trying to be like, hey, you're not supposed to idolize this guy. I'm very bad at racking my... It's two people who haven't seen a lot of movies. <laughs> this is probably the worst fucking discussion on... I'm no Earth. help here. Yeah. Um, But no, I think you're right. As long as they kind of do... I think modern audiences are a little bit more privy to this. They want to see stuff that is a little bit more thoughtful. Um... Then whatever, you know, like, right. I could see like maybe back in the day, but cancer Bob would be the character. But like nowadays it's like a little bit more well thought out. Like, Oh, this is a movie about cancer, but it's also lighthearted and funny and blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? You know, if the exorcism of Emily Rose ends with, the main character, the titular Emily Rose, yeah, getting better, right? Like that would be, that would be almost a slap in the face of of, uh, Annalise Michelle, right? You know, like if that's how that movie ends, because it's fine to have some artistic license, I think, with some of the things. Sure, like if the body but, levitates and fucking she spews right. black bile, if she's got you know spiderweb pubic hair and. Spiders come out of the vagina, like that's fine. But if at the end of the day, Emily Rose gets better, yeah, like that's that's insulting to Annalise Michelle because of the exorcism. Because that, yeah. and to me, that's the story, right? Right. It's not the story isn't about the exorcism. The story is about the fact that she died at sixty eight pounds right. from dehydration and malnutrition, and it could have been people prevented. who could have prevented her death did not do it. Yeah. That's the real story, not so much the the demonic possession. Because, I mean, frankly, the demonic possession, it's not all that interesting. Like, sorry, Annalise, but your demonic possession wasn't that cool. Like Art said, not enough demon stuff. And you picked five heavy hitters and demons as far as I'm concerned. You got some big names. True. Allegedly inhabiting your body. Yeah. Uh, let's see some stuff. That don't impress me much. Yeah, so what? So you're possessed by the demon of Adolf Hitler? That don't impress me much. <laughs> so you've got Nero's demon, but have you got the touch, touch? <laughs> don't get me wrong. I think Judas Iscariot's all right. But he won't keep me warm in the long, cold, lonely night. Um. Yeah, I think you're right, Andy. I think you kind of put the button on it there. Um... Hey, if you out there know how the movie Exorcism of Emily Rose ends, let us know. We're not going to look it up. We've talked about a lot of movies. If you know how any of them go, send us a quick synopsis. (laughs) I mean, seriously, like, and let us know what you thought. You know, we could look it up, but we're not. Right, right, right. Screw you. We're here to, we're We're busy. We're here to talk about the exorcism of Annalise Michelle, not the exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah. (laughs) No, but seriously, let us know. 
Uh, it's too scary to look up. Ooh, ooh, Art's scared of this stuff. Yeah, I did. I mean, I I was disturbed by a lot of the things. You know, some people might be listening and thinking like, Jesus Christ, Art, you have to make it sound so fucking serious. But I was disturbed. I don't like listening to it. I don't like looking at the images. You know, I do think that um, anytime you content like the audio of people who are possessed, like it's a, it's a little unnerving. I it's have to unnerving. be honest. It's unnerving. Uh, I don't know that I find it so much disturbing as it's like. Oh, that's a weird voice. Like, yeah. but you know, I mean, I always wonder, like, could I do that if I had to? Uh, you just sound like you're taking a dump. Yeah, that's what it sounds like every morning at my bathroom. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> Get out! <laughs> I must be free. <laughs> You're expelling a turd demon. <laughs> the power of beans compel you. Out. Out, turd. <laughs> Clunk. Funk. My completely dry toilet bowl. Thunk. Yeah, you love a good toilet system. Yeah. Well, Andy, I... Exorcitum. There it is. Exorcitum. I already know where your verdict's at, but we have to give them to the bunk funkers. We got to give them to the listeners. Yeah. We got to give them in clearly stated in okay. the bylaws. Here's the, here's the bylaw compliant verdict from me. Case closed. This was a terrible case of neglect and I think justice was served by the German courts in this case. I, I feel like the priests were rightly held accountable for their uh negligence in the death of this poor woman who needed medical intervention, uh psychological intervention, and uh you know, if religion is a part of the the overall care package, I'm comfortable with that. I think that that's fine. But you know, she didn't deserve to die that way. Fair. Case closed. Fair verdict from Fair Andy. Um, Check out my 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 scores for your credit, Fair Andy's credit scores. Uh, just send me all of your personal information and I'll make it up. Are you just possessed by a demon of shitty jokes? <laughs> yes. Okay. No, I wish that I was possessed, but this is just how I am. <laughs> There's no cure. I am the demon. There's no cure for me. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Andy, I'm with you. Uh, case closed. Wow. Uh, not a demon. Um, just a malnourished person. Yeah. Not taken care of. Um, yeah. Very sad story. Really. I Terribly sad. Uh, I got to be honest, a little disappointing when Bunker approached and was like, you know, I thought I was going to be getting some wild shit, but. Yeah. It's just kind of a sick person being left alone in a bedroom to rot. Yeah. I mean, sorry to put it so bluntly, but that's but really that's what, what it is. is. Yeah. Um, but hey, Funk Funkers, you're you're allowed to have your own opinions. Let us know what you think. Did we get it right? Did we get it mm -hmm. wrong? Tell us. Use the hashtag. Um uh, sweating to the old ones. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag sweating to the old ones. 
I'm just gonna write Wait. it down real quick. Or sweat into the ancient ones. Oh. What sounds more demonic? Ancient ones, I think, right? Yeah. Sweat into the ancient ones. Um let us know what you think, you know. Tweet at us at Mr. Bunkerpod on Twitter, slide into our DMs on Instagram at Mr. Bunkerpod, mm-hmm. tweet at us or email us or both. Mr. Bunkerpod at gmail.com. Uh find us on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Search Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time. Yeah. Uh, go on our website, Mr. Bunker Conspiracy Time.com. Some cool shit on there. It's episodes and shit. <laughs> cool about us. Check it out, you know. There's a form you can fill out. Fill out the form. Tell us what you want. Just tell us what you want. We'll do it. Do it. Whatever, it's cool. But hey, you're chilling, dude. Listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, Andy, yeah, thank you, listeners. You got any other? Uh, anything else you want to say? Um, if you or a loved one are suffering from a mental illness, don't be afraid to speak up and get help. Very true. Good point. Well, that's all we got. We're not getting out of here. Um, because a bunch of demons are coming into their podcast. Demon, 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 demon time. Right. He's renting out the studio. Yeah. He's renting out the bunker to a bunch of demons. He's got friends. Kane, Judas Iscariot. You got Legion. Yeah. Hitler and Nero. Yeah. They're going to discuss the worst movies they've ever seen. The worst movies of the 1990s. It's B-list movies, and they're going to pick them apart with hilarity. Nero's takes, takes are always so funny. funny. What is this? Sorcery! <laughs> <laughs> Mamma Mia! <laughs> Mamma Mia! Uh, it's called... Uh, <laughs> crap Possession. Shitty movie. The Bad Movie Possession Podcast. The title needs a little work. The title needs frankly. Work. They'll work on it. I didn't pick it. They'll work on it. Anyway, for the uh, titular Mr. Bunker and for my hypethral oh. co-host Andy Hart. I'm you got in my hypethra. <laughs> that was the whole enchilada. Yummy. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is uh, 
Well, I don't know. I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today, wherever you get your podcasts.